Welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello. Welcome, guys. We're back. This is Sarah. This is Katie. And for patrons, we're on video. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and I forgot we were going on video, so Katie looks adorable. You look always. adorable. I forgot. Stop it. Like, just got out of the shower. Wet hair. Glasses. No makeup. So for those who want to see it. Come on down to Patreon. <laughs> Look at that fresh face. I love it. <laughs> also, Ooh, yes, it's like hold still, hold it still. Oh, see, there's her ring. Oh, look how pretty. Yes, it's so, so pretty. It's so, very me. So it is. It's very classy. Good job, Greg. <laughs> um, yeah, Sarah announced her engagement on well on social media, but then also on Patreon last week and um you just dropped a little nugget in last week on the regular episode that's true <laughs> I did see a few comments yeah so people were like hey sneaky sneaky <laughs> but yes it's everybody Sarah's engaged officially Woo-hoo. it's exciting it's been fun it's been stressful I've just been chatting with Katie about oh god it's a nightmare trying to get married but if you're an international couple I just it's exhausting. Anyone out there, reach out, send me a message, let's vent, because the paperwork and the bureaucracy and getting all this shit sorted, like, it's insane. Oh, no, thank <sighs> you. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> be- just fucking marry me, give me the piece of paper, why do I have to get through <laughs> all this stuff? It's insane. Just, just fucking marry me. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so annoying. Um, okay, so announcements. We have a new patron. So big welcome to Daniel. I don't know if you go by Daniel or Dan, but either way, new patron, welcome. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Also, I do believe Dan is the one who totally called me out on Instagram being like, uh, you just dropped a a nugget there about your engagement. Like, congrats. (laughs) So thanks, Dan, for picking up on that. I did. Um, Got those ears on. Yes. Ears on. (laughs) Got those Your ears on. on and turned up. <laughs> Listening. Oh, um, and yeah, just thanks for everyone's lovely messages and comments. It's like, again, we say it every time, but even though we haven't met like almost any of you in person, it's still so lovely to get these messages and be like, oh, my friends are happy for us. Look, Greg, they're happy. Like, it's just <laughs> all really my happy. friends. I know it is. <laughs> um, do you have any other announcements? I don't. Sister I wish. Miss Miss Sarah. No, sister Sister Sarah doesn't have any more announcements. <laughs> okay, well then we can just get into the episode. We have a patron requested episode from Brianna. Ah, this is your episode, Brianna. This is um, for you, Brianna, not Brianna. This <laughs> is your episode. Yes, she requested crazy or strange or whatever missionary stories so we asked you all if you had some interesting ones and a bunch of you emailed in so we're going to be reading those today and I think it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be so much fun thank you guys for sending those in because that was helpful since Katie and I neither of us served a mission we were like uh don't really have material Thank Celestial Jesus that we didn't serve oh my a mission. God, I don't yeah. think I would have survived. Like, if you've never been Mormon, 
I know you've probably seen the missionaries most likely somewhere, but it, that is such a hard thing to do. Like hard, hard. Thing. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it the full time. I'd be like, get me out of here. I need to do something else. Like it's so grueling, and you can't even like watch TV. It's you can't watch TV, and you're completely cut off from everyone. I think that would be the most difficult part. Yeah. Um, I would just be really lonely and like, uh, I need to have my people around me. Like Mm -hmm. you're forced to be, you know, friends with your companion. And sometimes it does create like long lasting friendships, but it's still at the end of the day, it's like a stranger you just met. Yeah. You're having to now be around them 24 seven and they're like your soul confidant, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you're going through some crazy, crazy shit, like it's intense. Um, Yeah. I really feel for missionaries, actually. They used to, like, bother me, but the older I've become, I'm like, I just feel really feel bad for them because they're most likely really struggling. And they're so young. I mean, they're so young. I know. Poor little things. Okay. So I'm going to start with Brianna. She actually sent in some stories from her mission. Um, So I'll start with that because she was the patron who requested this. So... She said, I have some crazy ones. I served in the Dominican Republic, so very different from the USA, obviously. There was a member in the branch I was in, and now I think he probably had some kind of mental illness, but he was so creepy and kind of scary, to be honest. He had murals of the missionaries painted on the outside walls of his house. And one time he came to our house and was banging on the door for like 30 minutes, yelling at us to let him in so we could pray together. Like, this is the kind of shit I'm talking about, especially, like, a sister missionary. I'd be so nervous. That's what I was just thinking. Like, that's so dangerous, you know? Like, and and it's not a comment on if he has mental illness. Like, it's still a safety issue, like, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Okay. We had an investigator who eventually became a convert. When we would go over to his house, he would give us snacks and drinks. There's a popular soda in the Dominican Republic that people would give to us all the time, but I thought it was so gross. It tasted rotten like it had gone bad, but refusing food that people give you there is super rude. So when he gave us the soda, I would wait until he left the room and either dump it in a plant or over his balcony. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like I've heard these stories from missionaries, especially maybe if they're kind of more picky eaters and, you know, the members invite them over for food and they're trying to find ways to give the food to the dog or something because they don't want it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever like given food to a dog, but like, I'll, God, I'm so bad because I am, I am a pretty fussy eater as Greg says. It annoys him so much because he's not and I am like it. Okay, whatever. I'm a fuss eater. I was going to try to defend it, but I just, I am, I am. (laughs) And there are certain things that I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be offensive. So it gives me anxiety because I'm like, I don't want to offend someone, but I also know I'm not going to eat it. Like, I know that I'll I'll try my best, but I'm not going to be able to eat it all. So if there's not a dog there, then I try. (laughs) And if Greg's not there, because usually I just put it on his plate, like sneakily, and then he'll eat it. I will, like, try to, like, flatten it and make it as small as possible without the person seeing it. So it looks like I'm just full and I can finish it. Or if it's a drink, because you all know that I'm just, like, lightweight when it comes to drinking these days. Then, like, 
especially if it was a vodka shot or something like that, I would just pour it in my glass of water and just not <laughs> the water. So I've done that like multiple times where I'm like, shots! And then I don't actually do it. I just pour it in the water. And no one notices because everyone's so fucking drunk they're anyway. They're drunk yeah. and they're taking their shots. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's exactly. hilarious. Have I you? had a feeling, no, you know, I'll eat up basically anything. I'm so I love envious. <laughs> I wish I was like that. I, I really do. I'm so envious. Yeah. Um, okay, we got off track, but here. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I asked. Um, one time my companion and I were walking somewhere and this truck with cows passed by and right as it passed by, <laughs> a cow pooped <laughs> and the poop shot out of the truck and landed on my hand. <laughs> it was so stinky and disgusting, LOL. <laughs> I ran into this restaurant across the street where we went a lot and they kind of knew us and I was like, hey, can you help clean this up? <laughs> I feel like I would just be, that would be like my breaking point. I'd be like, I'm hot. I'm tired. I'm walking along this road. I'm in an uncomfortable skirt because they don't allow me to wear pants. Well, I guess they can now. But then it's just like, then you get pooped on. I'd be like, thanks a lot, Celestial Jesus. I thought I was, you know, serving you. Um, My very first transfer in the mission, I didn't know a lot of Spanish yet. We took buses a lot everywhere, and one time my companion and I were going somewhere, and when we got to our stop, I got off, but she was stuck in the back because they just shoved you in there like sardines. (laughs) (laughs) Brianna, you're funny. (laughs) It wasn't really a bus like we have here. It was more of a big van. Anyway, so I got off, but the driver didn't realize she needed to get off, too, and started to drive away. I started panicking and was running after the bus yelling stop in English because I couldn't think of the word stop in Spanish. They finally stopped, but I was like, I'm going to be here alone in this strange city with no one because she had our phone and I didn't know the language. And you're not supposed to be away from your companion like ever unless you're going to the bathroom, right? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I'd be like, oh my God, the only person I know is on that bus. Um. Not my story, but a sister. She was kind of a bitch, so no one really liked her, but she got bit by dogs all the time, like five <laughs> times. Hello. <laughs> so great. I love it. It's like, I mean, she's kind of a bitch. So. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like you have to be a bitch to get bit by a by five different dogs. Yeah. Like you're sending out some kind of vibes. Yeah. I've never gotten bit by a dog, I'll just say. Yeah. Um, this didn't happen to me, but there were two companionships that lived together in our mission. For the story, let's call them companionship A and B. One sister from companionship A and one sister from companionship B made this plan to freaking drug their companions so they could sneak out and go to a club and party. They were found out because one of the sisters woke up after they had left and called our mission president. It was a huge scandal in our mission, but our but our president had told the sisters not to talk about it. Um, but I finally got it out of one of the companions. The sisters who snuck out were immediately sent home. So, but I kind of love them. I, was, I, I know. It's like, besides the drugging, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, wow. you do you. Yeah. Those were Brianna's stories. And I love them. Well Thank done, you. Brianna. Those are great. And you're funny. And, um, <laughs> We want to hear more. And I'm glad that you weren't the one that got bit by the dogs. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. Should I read the next one? Yes. Go for it. 
Um, sorry, guys. That's gross. I'm all, like blowing, sniffing my nose. I don't have COVID. I got tested today. She got tested. She doesn't have COVID. Um, okay, so this one's sent in from a listener. I won't say we won't say the names because you know maybe you don't want us to say your names. Yeah. Um, but this listener says mission story, not mine, but my brother's. Okay. Okay. Hey, ladies, love the podcast, and it makes me feel less alone. Anyway, all three of my brothers served missions. Two of them had horrible experiences. One was shipped off to Serbia and saw really horrible Siberia. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's close enough. I just wanted to insert there. (laughs) Oh, my God. I blame it on the fact that I had to onboard someone this week from Serbia. So that's why. Just fresh on the brain. Fresh on the brain. Similar sound, yes. The celestial Jesus, Siberia. (laughs) One was shipped off to Siberia. Thanks, Katie. And saw really horrible things his first day in Russia. An overfilled bus with people flipped and rolled (gasps) on the highway. Oh. My brother and the other missionaries helped and saw so much death. Oh, my God. Some. It kind of set the tone of his mission, and he came home after four months with severe PTSD. Our state president told him he was being sensitive (gasps) and that the board needed him in Russia. That is terrible. Yeah, you guys, if you didn't grow up Mormon or don't know more many Mormons, it's like if you go home early from your mission, it's like, I don't know, it's almost worse than if you even went, if you didn't go. Yeah, 100%. Like, you get judged so hard. Yeah. Because it's always like you went home because you had a sexual sin. Usually that's what everyone assumes is that like yeah, you hooked or up. You were, yeah, you, you had a sexual sin or you're just like weak and you can't. Yeah. Can't You're not do it enough. Yeah. Um, I love that this listener said, um, no, he went through something so traumatic. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Another brother was in Texas and did a lot of physical service like yard work and helping people move. He had a hernia so bad he started bleeding from his belly button. <gasps> oh, my. That, like makes my belly button pucker just thinking about it. I know I'm holding mine right now. Oof. The mission doctor told him to buy a cauterizing. How do you say that? Cauterizing? A cauterizing, yeah. Cauterizing pen from Target. Cauterize? Is that how you say it, guys? I'm sure yeah. that's the word. I do not use it on a daily basis. Is it cauterize or cauterize? Cauter- cauterize, yeah. English part. <laughs> cauterize his own belly button. Oh, my God. I'm holding my belly button. That's so uh... awful. When he wrote home about it, my mom went full mama bear on the mission president and had him and he had to have surgery. They wouldn't let him come for it, but made him feel like crap for resting on the Lord's time. Okay. His mission president. on the Lord's time. When you have a hernia so bad, you're bleeding from your belly button. Yeah. Yeah. His mission president at one point coldly said, I should have just sent you home and made him feel guilty. That's horrible. Phew, I'm mad again. Anyway, love the pod, and I hope you all have a beautiful day. Thanks, listener. Thank you. Oh, that made me mad, too. Yeah, like that, yeah, it's just very um, insensitive, and I'm sure there are good mission presidents, but yeah, very dangerous. Okay. Yeah, this person, yeah, so Sarah and I decided we're not going to read 
the names, like she said, just in case you guys don't want us to. Yeah. Okay. So crazy missionary story. Missionaries are spies. I have a doozy, but I'll make it short. I went to Lubbock. Lubbock? Lubbock, Texas. You're pronouncing it correctly. Let me see. Let me see. (laughs) Come in and correct me, Sarah. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. I went to Lubbock, Texas, Spanish speaking, from Mm -hmm. August to November of 2019. I only served for three months, and this story is why. To explain, I went to the Mexico City MTC for six weeks, August to mid-September. I discovered the church wasn't true while on my mission. The day, yeah, that's rough. The day I left my mission, I talked to my stake president to be released was my last day in a church building. Unfortunately, discovering that the church wasn't true wasn't a big enough push for me to leave my mission. What really made me leave was discovering the mission president had my sister training leaders and my companionship. I was in a trio spy on me. Okay, this is going to get juicy. I mean, I'm also like not very surprised because I think spying is really in the culture of Mormonism. I mean, look at BYU. You're supposed to like spy on each other and like tattletale. Exactly. My issues with my mission president began on my first day in the mission field. When I landed in the U.S. from the Mexico City MTC, they took our passports away. Ooh, that would scare me. That's not okay. okay. That would really, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's when my issues with my mission president started. I initially refused because confiscating a passport technically isn't legal because it's my personal property. Yep. Uh, yep. As an older missionary with my degree in criminal justice, I understood. Jeez. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I understood a bit more than your average 18 year old. They forced me to do it or I would be sent home. That scares that's me. So like, that's really not good. So I complied, but I was on this hate list after that. My first and only area was Texas Tech University. The students at Texas Tech had it out for Mormons, and they convinced me it wasn't true by the end of my second week there. (laughs) Good for them, but also that's really shitty for you. Yeah. Um, They were fierce, but I thank them for that. I told my trainer I was thinking of going home. I told her it was because I was missing my boyfriend when, in all reality, it was the lies of the church. The next day, I received a phone call from the mission president chastising me. Then it clicked. My trainer had told him everything. Mm -hmm. Over the next few weeks after the phone call, I noticed my mission president knew things about me that I would consider confidential. It exploded when we did exchanges with the sister sister training leaders one night. I noticed the STL, that's what she calls the sister training leaders. I noticed the STL was asking me probing questions about my life. It was suspicious to me. Don't be suspicious. Don't Don't be be suspicious. suspicious. Don't Don't be suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) So I told her a bullshit story that wasn't true just to see who would know the lie by the end of the week. That's so smart, by the way. I love that you're catching them in in there. Lies in there spying. I told her my boyfriend proposed to me and that's why I wanted to go home. That night I received a call from the stake president demanding I stay on a mission. He said, quote, boys aren't a reason to go home and that my boyfriend at home needs to support me better. Well, hmm, how did he know about my boyfriend? It was that STL. I called a meeting with the mission president. 
He met with me and he also mentioned my boyfriend proposing to me. I asked him how he knew about that if I only told an STL and he exploded on me. I told him I don't appreciate him spying on missionaries, including myself. He leaned back and told me that one, I'm smart because most missionaries never figure it out. <laughs> Two, I know that's so fucking patronizing. Two, I should be his personal spy on missionaries because I have a degree in criminal justice. And three, he spies on missionaries to keep them in the mission. Oh, wow. Dude, okay, I said that. She didn't say that. I told him it was toxic, that I want to go home, and to give me my passport back. He told me he couldn't send me home. Then I told him it's a volunteer position, and I resign, and I went home the next day. Missions are toxic. As women, we shouldn't be spying on each other. And don't allow anyone to manipulate you into spying on anyone else. I love you gals. Have an amazing day. Oh, holy shit. Like... (laughs) You're badass, listener. Like, yeah. that's amazing that you stood up for yourself, you stood your ground, like, you, yeah, you caught them in their lies and the whole situation. Like, it's fucked up. It's yeah. so toxic. I, I'm putting myself in that position, and I don't think I would have been brave enough to insist that I go home and to, like, stand yeah. up for myself because I remember how it was being. I mean, just in everyday life, being a woman, it's kind of hard to stand up for yourself, but especially in the Mormon church, right? Yeah. I probably would have stayed with that kind of validation. Yeah, in the Mormon church and on a mission where you're already away from family and friends, you're being told that this is what God wants you to do, so you're not going to, like, not go, or or you're going to feel this pressure that you have to stay when you really don't. Yeah. I know. (laughs) yikes all right next one titled missionary story hey girls hi hey, hey. hello um hi <laughs> hi um i had my first son out of wedlock and decided to go back to church to be forgiven for my i'm doing air quotes sins Um, I went to the local young singles ward. Once my bishop figured out I had a one-year-old, he started pulling me in for weekly meetings to discuss the guys I was dating. Okay. Business, sir. I hated that, though. Yeah. And why? Just because I hate that. It's like you can't be a single mom. You have to be looking for... A husband? I mean, yeah, it's gross. I mean, even just in singles ward, like, I I mean, I didn't have a kid, but they would just, like, my bishop would always be like, I just want to have a talk and see who you're dating. Like, are you making it a priority? And I was like, it's not your business. And it's weird. Are you making it a priority? Yeah. I don't like that. I do not like that. (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10 would not recommend. (laughs) It would not. Um, Okay. I forgot it where I left off. Found it. I lived in an apartment with three other girls. One was a member while her boyfriend and the other two girls were not. The bishop started asking about my roommates and sending the missionaries over. We set up appointments with both roommates and my friend's boyfriend, meaning the missionaries were over at least three times a week. Oh, yeah, that's intense. So we started to become friends with them. They also started coming over for dinners, and we started going to the P-Day activities on Monday since we were off, 
and it was usually cheap or free, and we were broke college kids. Um, so for those who didn't grow up Mormon, this is a side note, P-Day is like the one day a week that missionaries get off, but they don't really, like, they, they're allowed to, like, email their families and write their families and friends, and they can wear normal clothes, like, clothes, and, yeah, like, but and usually they, can, they like, don't they, like, go to a park and, like, play soccer or some shit? Yeah, or, they can but they yeah, you can't do anything that's not church approved, though. No, and technically they should be doing, like, service on those days, too. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, the bishop became unhappy that we were hanging out with the missionaries, even though he suggested it. He told me that I needed to be careful of my actions and the relationships I was building. That's so creepy. A new missionary was transferred into the ward and I thought he was cute, but never said anything to him about it as I wanted to make sure I was respecting his boundaries. Well, we became really good friends, and my bishop pulled me into his office and told me that I needed to go on a mission since I spent so much time around the missionaries. <laughs> what a joke. Okay. That's wow. not the listener. Um, this part is mad. He told me to give my son's dad full custody and become a missionary. I'm I sorry. That wow. is insane. Like, Overstepping how much? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I was thrown off by that comment and was going through a custody battle and thought I could trust my bishop, which is so manipulative on his part because she's vulnerable already. Yeah. I had some mental illness issues and went into a dark place. The missionary that I was really good friends with started to notice there was something going on. He called me that night and he and his companion came over and gave me a blessing. After that, we started talking about everything and I told him how I felt about him. We ended up kissing that night. <laughs> love it that, that is scandal scandal and I'm living for it um yeah. the next morning he came over and told me he felt the same way but wanted to finish his mission so he went to the mission president and told him what happened and they transferred him to a different area we were not supposed to have contact but because my roommates were his converts he could talk to them so he talked to them through me <laughs> after about a month we decided to just start emailing. One night, I was having a hard night, and he was emailing me. He called me and told me he was done with his mission. Amazing. I drove to where he was and picked him up. He came home with me. We had sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, yeah, if you've never been Mormon, you're like probably like, well, what's the big deal? That's a That's huge a deal. Huge <laughs> deal. I love it. Yes. Um. We got married a month later and now have two kids together and have been married for almost six years. So cute. We are no longer members. That's a whole lot more about when he got home and stuff with the church, but it's a lot to type. Okay. That story made me so happy. It's so cute. There's a lot of shit in there that they had to go through, but that is really cute that they became friends and now they're married with kids and super cute. The bishop couldn't get between them. Nope. <laughs> fuck off. Kindly fuck off, bishop. Kindly. Fuck right kindly, off. Sir, you can kindly fuck right off. Oh, when you say it with the accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, missionary stories. Da, 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 da. Let's get into it. When I went to serve my mission, I hadn't been an active member, but maybe two years. I was never really active my whole life. 
But when I was 22, I went to a college ward and met some nice people and thought, what the hell? Or what the heck? That was me. (laughs) (laughs) I dated a super Momo guy, but he could sense my hooker side, I think. (laughs) Okay. I decided to turn in my papers from a ton of shoving from my mother and my home teacher who said he received revelation for me. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. I served in Alaska from September 2009 to April 2010 because the mission sucked. Also, I got super sick later learning I had major anxiety, like crippling anxiety. And I hated talking about Mormon Jesus. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Go away, Mormon Jesus. One of my tipping points was when an older Jewish man in the community who helped me move and bring food for And the elders wanted to convert him because he was turning away from God. I I know. I liked him. I loved his faith and actually had him teaching me about Judaism, and I loved it. The missionary companion turned me in, and I got in trouble for wanting to learn about another religion. Seems normal. (laughs) The elders then called me the Jew for my remaining time with them because that's pc god and then and then it says i think they saw it as an insult not me okay that's yeah yeah you know this reminds me of there's like yeah the anti-semitism and racism and all of those things that are just like okay for people to say when they're mormons yet they can't say the word fuck (laughs) right (laughs) they'll say shit like this Uh, yeah. Another family I loved and we would help out with service had been given the lessons over and over again. I honestly loved the service part. In Juno, everything comes in huge containers on a boat, and this family helped with Girl Scouts. We helped unload thousands of Girl Scout cookies, and it was so fun. I loved the community. In one of our meetings with our local elders, they told me and my companion we had to ditch them because they were, quote, too dumb to get that this was the true church. Me and my companion secretly met with them every day just to hang out until I went home. I'm still friends with that family. Fuck the elders. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. So Temple Square sister missionaries have to go uh, out into the States and do a couple transfers. One transfer is six weeks with a stateside mission. I got a sister who I thought was Molly Mormon to a T. One night I got up to use the bathroom and the kitchen light was on. She was on a cell phone and touching herself. <laughs> and she was talking to her non-member boyfriend. <laughs> if you're not on Patreon, my mouth is to the floor. But it's in a great way. Walking into the kitchen and this girl you just met is just diddling herself. <laughs> she is diddling her piddle. Piddling and diddling. The kitchen. Like, why not go into the bathroom? Maybe she was like, I want you to see. Yeah, like, yeah, I want to get caught. Real. Yeah. I know. I love it. I'm all for it. It was so awkward because I just met her. After that, we laughed about it all and actually liked each other. Her boyfriend had been going to Temple Square to see her once a week, and they would get busy in some kind of alley or whatever. <laughs> I was in shock and a little proud. She used her cell phone every day, and we would roam Alaska around the wilderness without talking to anyone. It was great. Fuck the elders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We were out in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. I loved it, but there were no streetlights, no signs of life if the sun was down. 
We were leaving a family's house for dinner and I couldn't see the black ice. I flew into the air and smacked down on my tailbone and it was broken. Ow! That sounds so painful. My companion was sweet and my trainer, she was asking me what to do and I said I have no clue. My ass hurt. So she called the elders and they answered, what do the needy sisters need tonight? God, I hate, I hate it so much. My companion told them and they laughed and laughed and laughed. I was in so much pain. They called back, but I didn't answer. My companion did put it on speaker. And before they knew we had answered, they were caught saying, quote, they probably need our power of the P. Priesthood still makes me sick. She hung up. We called the people that they told us to stop teaching who weren't even members. They came, brought me a donut pillow, some ice packs, and set me up with a chiropractor. In six weeks, I was back to normal, and they paid for it all. The elders turned me in for still talking to that family because they saw us meeting them at the grocery store for some groceries. Oh, my God. (laughs) These people were giving them groceries, and they're like, you're not supposed to be associating with them. They're horrible. Like, the the elders are just horrible. These elders, not all of them, but these in particular are just horrible. Okay. One more. Every day off, or P-Day, we would get together with some other companions and meet up with the elderly couple who were serving in our mission. This man was a Bruce R. McConkie lover. He sucked this guy's dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Bruce R. McConkie sucks. Um, he read his books like people read Twilight or Hunger Games. It was nuts. He would read it to us like a Southern preacher. I'm from North Carolina, so I know how scary that can be. And maybe Sarah can too. <laughs> I do indeed. I am picturing some snakes thrown around. Some, yeah. Yeah. He would tell us the most horrifying things in the book of Revelation and tell us to never let the devil enter our bodies. I like you it want- when the devil enters my body. <laughs> you you want to know how the devil enters your body according to this guy? Well, I'll tell you. Sex didn't specify premarital or not. Masturbation, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Too much laughter. Oh, that'll oh. do it. Moments of pure joy. That'll also do it. Addiction, including sugar. <laughs> hypnotizing, and then in parentheses, I don't believe any of this shit is true, but I'll tell you what, this one scared me the most. (laughs) (laughs) I can see myself being scared by that, too. Oh, and the last one was red lipstick and red fingernail polish. Oh, Oh. the devil's entered you so many times, Sarah. You love that (laughs) red lipstick. I hated that one. Ugh. I think I sat with my jaw on the floor most of the time. Granted, at this point in my life, I was 24, had lived in Portland, been to school, lived with my boyfriend. I had lived a life, but those were the times I wrote down. (laughs) To this day, that example of people who were supposed to be in the church and examples of Christ turned out to be the biggest shitbags ever. Mm -hmm. I never spoke to those elders again. And when I went home, I told my mission president every little horrible thing they ever said and did. I don't think it mattered, but I was shamed into going on a mission. I was 24, not married. And instead of people saying, go back to school, they told me to serve. I should have joined the Peace Corps. The mission for me was awful. But there were a handful of people who weren't even members who made it special for me. The second I got on the plane to go home, I felt relief. I had no family welcome party because I came home early. My mom didn't, my mom didn't talk to me for over two years. See, this is what we're saying. It's like a big early and people, yeah, like shun you. 
Two weeks later, I went on a blind date with my now husband. We had the best first date, first kiss, first time we had sex, first sleepover, first everything was on our first date. Ah, you! Good to get back to normal after three years of feeling like I was living a double life. I loved being a slut with him, and I still do. (laughs) So So cute. cute. Oh my God, he listeners are the cutest. No, oh, I'm glad. It, yeah, that mission, all those mission stories were so insane and so intense. But we're glad you're out and uh, oh. you are happy. You're not miserable as the church would have you think. Um, okay, next one, missionary story. Hi, this is an elect lady from Mexico, so I hope my English is good so I can explain and you can understand. Of course we can. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Um, Okay. What I'm going to say is the worst experience I had in my mission, and I can say is one of the top five worst in my entire life. Oh, no. I served my mission in the north of Mexico. I was like 10 to 11 months, and I was training a Canadian and a Utah girl. Ha ha. (laughs) I had been in that area for six months, but that's not the point. Everything happened on a Sunday. Everything happened a Sunday at the church. The other companion or of sister missionaries invited to come, invited a man to come who was on the street outside the church. Everything looked normal. We were at Sunday school, the principals of the gospel class. Remember those. Um, I know that just struck a chord with me. uh, I was like, oh boy. (laughs) The brother who was our mission leader, ML, asked me to, I don't know the word, oh, to conduct, and I yeah, did to it. to conduct the hymns, yeah. Um, yeah, to conduct the hymns, and I did it. I was in front of the class, and the investigator, the man who was invited, was looking at me with no blink. Uh, with, yeah, so I guess he just, like, had a straight face and wasn't blinking. And he oh. stared, and he started to pull down his zipper and showed his penis. Oh, my God. Wow. I feel, wow. I feel <laughs> it's such a violation. Like it's, it's horrible. Nobody noticed because they were all singing, but I was in front of him. I was really scared and I didn't know what to do. I tried to tell the mission leader that it was something was wrong with the man, but he was writing at the blackboard. I tried to be discreet, but he didn't understand me. I just wanted to get out of there. Then during the prayer, he switched the, his place and went to sit next to my companions. And I saw him. I felt so much responsibility for my companions. They were like two, three months on their missions. They were like, quote, my daughters. After the prayer, I just took my stuff and tell and told my companions that we need to leave. They didn't know why, but they did. We, start, we entered another room. I was I told them about it and I started to cry. I was in shock. Then my companions told the mission leader and he told the bishop I didn't want to leave the room. I didn't want to see that man again. I'm not sure if the mission president knew about it, but the next transfer, I left that mission. I was only a 20-year-old girl serving a mission. Oh, I have actual chills. That's so disgusting. Oh, God. And the thing is, is, like, it's really, it's really horrible that this listener went through that, and we're, we're so sorry you had to go through that, and I'm sure it's traumatizing and something that you don't ever forget. And it's sad that it happens to a lot of women and men who go on these missions because they're young. You're young. You're not told to like, if you report any of this stuff, oftentimes mission presidents are like, oh, just, you know, get on with it. You're fine. You're exaggerating, you know. 
I mean, I'm not saying every mission president is like that, but we've heard enough stories to know it happens a lot. Yeah. It, I just, I feel so bad for missionaries. The more we read these, like, I wish that it wasn't a thing. I wish that, you know, if you want to do service or whatever, I feel like you should just do it (laughs) as you want to. And you shouldn't feel this obligation and be separated from your family and put in such hardships. I mean, like like we were talking to Noah last week, how they made... Noah and his companion walk, even though they had a car, because they wanted to save money. Makes me so mad. Okay. Are you there? Did you freeze? Okay, you're there. (laughs) For those who don't have Patreon, I was just waving. I was just being very still. (laughs) I was like, where'd she go? What happened? Okay. (laughs) So I think this is the last one, yes? Yes. Katie? (laughs) (laughs) okay here are just a few crazy things that happened on my mission i served in taiwan back in approximately 1992 to 1994 i had a companion that was constipated for about two months i cannot this when i read this actually it happened right at the time that you know that elvis documentary that has been out last year maybe it was the year before anyways we were watching it and you know how like he was constipated for like a month before he died and that's like he died on the toilet but it's insane like i'm i can't imagine constipated for two months that's i okay this is going to be TMI, but y'all, if I get constipated for two days, I, like, am throwing a fit because I'm in so much pain. I cannot even imagine I can't do it. Months. I cannot. Yeah. That, like, just we thinking find- about it is making me, like, oh. I know. My tummy. We finally had to take a train to Taipei in order for him to have his bowels douched out with an apparatus that looked like a dildo. Oh. After he was cleansed out, we went to Pizza Hut. (laughs) That's a good ending to that story. Um, Okay. I had a companion that had a pet turtle. Another missionary in the same apartment didn't like the turtle, nor the missionary. One day, while we were out doing the Lord's work, the other missionary sacrificed the turtle and left it dead in the tank. What? That's that's fucked. Poor oh, turtle. Turtles are I, sweet. I love turtles. Also, I didn't think that missionaries could have pets. Yeah, or sacrifice them. Like what the fuck? Well, they definitely shouldn't sacrifice. Them. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, I was almost run over by a semi. Jesus. You know what I was thinking? I bet now, looking back at this, they're just like, oh, yeah, this is all this crazy shit that happened to me. But maybe in the moment, I mean, I can't speak for this person, but I know in the moment I would have been like, I was almost hit by a semi, but I wasn't because Because God was looking out for me, you know. But instead, it could have just been like, like, why did God let the semi even get that close to you then? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's totally like a, 
I bet, and again, maybe this listener didn't think this way, but 100% like you, where it's like, it, it, it turns into the best missionary story where you like tell yeah. Paul, it's like, I was almost hit by a semi, but then the Lord prompted me to just stop instead of go out in the street. And like, because of that, I'm alive so I can teach you the gospel. I roll. <laughs> but that's, you hit it on the head though. That's totally it. Um, I had several ingrown toenails removed oh. without anesthetic. <gasps> I, uh, uh, no thanks. No. <laughs> on the first day on the island, on the way to the mission home, we stopped at an intersection of one of the larger cities in Taiwan. There is a large white sheet in the middle of the intersection covering something. Someone in the mission van asked, what is that? One of the other missionaries who had been on the island for over a year nonchalantly answered, it's a dead body. They leave their dead in the spot where they were, where they pass so that others can mourn them for a period of time. That's so shocking. Just like, oh yeah. Shocking. Yeah. A dead person. I mean, I mean, however people, but yeah, like that would be shocking, but I'd be like, oh God, (laughs) dead people. Yeah. Um, we bought a kid's plastic swimming pool, put it on the roof of our apartment and would sit in it on our P days. I like that. (laughs) I missed the thought, yeah. (laughs) I had a mission companion admit to me that he couldn't stop masturbating. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. (laughs) No, but that's kind of funny. Like, I just imagined him, like, coming into the room and being like, I need to tell you something. And you're like, oh, that's something. I can't stop wanking. (laughs) not stop jerking it (laughs) and I said so what bro I don't need to hear that (laughs) I know it's like I can't even imagine someone like first of all I can't imagine being on a mission and having a companion but then having the companion come up to me and say yeah so I have to tell you something like I can't stop wanking like I'm really sorry I feel like I don't need to know that it's just like what do you want me to do with that information? <laughs> do you want me to like pray with you, give you a blessing? Yeah. Do you want me to tie your hands up so you can't masturbate? <laughs> oh, keep that door cracked when you take a shower. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, I loved my time as a missionary. I met some great people. I grew up and saw a bigger picture of the world. I don't believe in any of it now, but I'm glad I had the experience. Thanks for the chance to relive some of my mission stories. I need a drink now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I we hear this a lot that like, I guess it's it's different for everyone, but I have heard that some people are like, yeah, I don't believe it. And it was really kind of shitty and a lot happened, but they're still grateful for yeah. the experience and like the people they met, which is, is pretty cool, but. I kind of yeah. wish that they didn't have to go through all that shit in order to meet those people exactly. or have those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I mean, I've, yeah, almost everyone that I've talked to is an ex-Mormon who served a mission say that, but it's, it was a, a lot of traumatic experiences or shitty situations, but they still loved the actual, ex- not the experience, but I guess. Parts of it. Parts of it. Yeah. And like certain people they've met. Yeah, like certain people they've met. And for some missionaries who got to travel outside the U.S., like I'm sure it's still a pretty cool 
experience if they're from like, I don't know, Georgia or Utah, like to be able to go to a different country, even though it's like not ideal what you're doing. And it's, I'm sure it's a very intense traumatic experience, but you know, I don't know. You want to know that just reminded me of, um, I had kind of like a friend, I guess, acquaintance, uh, growing up and he got called to, I believe it was Rome. Italy Ah. and I remember at the time being like oh so cool because I hadn't been to Europe at all and I hadn't been to Italy obviously and I was like oh so cool like I've always wanted to see Italy but everyone else was like oh I feel so bad for him he's not gonna get converts like no one there will want to get baptized because they're all Catholic like that's how they thought of it as like yeah you don't want to go somewhere where you won't get you won't get converts versus like just enjoying the experience of being in Italy yeah (laughs) but that was pretty common like I don't know and then I also think about the people who are sent to like Provo (laughs) man I'm not gonna lie that was I'm not gonna lie when I was considering serving a mission when I went through my like super Molly Mormon phase that was a big thing that held me back. And I was like, I'm just not righteous enough because if I got called to like Provo or Nebraska, no offense to people in Nebraska, <laughs> or Georgia or like Alabama, you know, something that I've already like, Idaho. or yeah. Idaho or Ohio or Iowa. Again, no offense to anyone, but I'm just like, I would have been like, nah, I'm not going. <laughs> Hard pass. I have to go somewhere not in the States. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of that, do you remember, I I feel like I thought this way and maybe you did too, that like the prophet personally like got revelation for where the mission, the missionary would go and like that he would take into account like how many years of a foreign language you'd studied and then maybe send you to that country where that for that language was yeah. spoken I totally thought that I thought that 100% because I was taught that like we were taught that and even yeah. in my um some of my BYU like religion classes they all say that that the prophet and the apostles they meet on a Tuesday or some shit like that and pray about all the missionary applicants that come in and they decide for each one where to go and so I was like, oh, my God, they do that. I'm sure they get like hundreds in a week. Like, that's amazing. Y'all, they don't do that. Like, it, there's no, no. No, it's just a, it's a system. It's like a yeah. business system where they need or they have a spot to fill. They'll go to that spot. Yep. Yeah. It's where <laughs> they need to send the distributors, you know. <gasps> it's the ultimate MLM. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, one last thing that that reminded me of too, I don't know why necessarily, but just like I was remembering the MTC in Provo <laughs> and how it's right across from the Provo the temple. temple and driving by there and you see all these missionaries in training and they all are dressed the same and they come out of there and they all walk across that street, you know, where that stoplight yep, is. I'm seeing it in my mind right now. And, then they go over there to the temple or on their P days, they would like play sports or whatever out on that yeah. field in front of the temple. Yeah. And just thinking about that now, I remember growing up and like, I don't know, just thinking it was cool, I guess. But now looking back on it, I'm like, that's a little uh, cult training center. 100%. And they're stuck in that building unless it's to walk across the street to go into that yeah. other creepy building. Yeah. 
Ooh, I don't so like creepy. it. Like I can literally visualize it right now because I used to take that road. Yes. Almost every Saturday. Well, uh, when I would go to campus, yeah, but also every Saturday, which is usually when they were going to the temple or yeah. like walking around because my gym was down that street, that Gold's Gym. I don't know if anyone else. <laughs> I know exactly which one yep. you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> so I would go past it every Saturday. That was like my thing. I would go on Saturday to that gym and uh, go to J Dogs afterwards as well, grab a hot dog. Yeah. Because yep. I was like, um, I worked out. I'm eating a hot dog. <laughs> That's how it should work. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now that I fully have the heebies, I'm just very glad we didn't go on missions yeah. because, yeah, yeah that would have, no thanks. No. no. You no. went through enough going through the temple and wearing those garments. You didn't need the trauma of a mission on top I of covered that. it. Although, you know, when I went to Germany, they told me that like my blessing, um, priesthood blessing, that this would be my mission would be to become <gasps> fluent in the language and be able to teach the gospel. Y'all, I've been here for almost nine years. This bitch still is not fluent in German. I can get around and that's about it. <laughs> but Sarah, that, you've shared on Patreon before actual photos of your journal. And she writes in there, you guys, she writes in how she had a missionary opportunity. (laughs) I do. And it's like in caps, I had an awesome missionary opportunity. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, so you kind of were a missionary. I was a missionary. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's it this episode but thank you all for writing in and reliving yes the shit for us so we can feel the pain and laugh with you <laughs> exactly thank you for the stories and thank you brianna brianna god damn it i always say your damn name wrong <laughs> brianna 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 that's how i'm gonna remember it um thank you for writing <laughs> us in and requesting this topic um and for being a patron of course yeah. I'm fine. Um. Yeah. Thanks, that's everyone. it. I think that's the end of our episode. That's all. Well. Have a great <laughs> week, everyone, and we'll chat with you next week. Bye. Bye.